What just happened? <laughs> you didn't hear Sean's countdown? Well, I, I I heard someone attempting to count, if that's what you're going off of. <laughs> oh, my God. I swear I'm really not that dumb. <laughs> guys, I would guys. probably argue that. On the count of either one or three, do whatever that is you need to do. One, three, one, two, one. Go. Oh, man. It's that Nerdy Thursday math, right? That's oh, yeah. pretty uh, much it. That is that is uh, cue ball Ryan Damaris talk right there. Welcome to Nerdy Thursday. That's like the smoothest three-person one we've ever done. Good job, guys. Yeah, wicked lame. Ooh. Well, that's this different in the morning. at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> I feel like anything with Target coffee just is not going to work. The world was big and cruel and cold and gray and sad. But Nerdy Thursday came up and made everybody glad. Because after that they had a whole lot more stuff to do with their minds. And they left the gray old square world behind. Nerdy Thursday, you're the man I hope you Welcome everybody to Nerdy Thursday. We two hosts, Sean and Mitch, and we're just a couple of guys that like beer, games, and nerd culture in general. My name is Sean, and with me, as always, is Mitch. What's up, dude? Hey, pal. There's a lot going on, but it involves this, so I'm going to wait till a later portion to tell my intro story. Okay. Joining us... <laughs> This week, <laughs> way to just like drop that immediately. Joining us this week is Dave from the Caped Podcasters. You've been on here before, back when Mitch wasn't on here for uh, like two weeks, but I was Mitch. What's up, dude? I became Mitch. Yeah, it's weird to see the two of you together on one screen. Uh, yeah. The tale of two Mitches. Yeah, that's pretty much it. How you doing, boys? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. It is so early. Why? <laughs> it is so early in the morning right now. <laughs> it's literally 7.30 in the morning. I'm enough for an I got hour, a message whatever. from you at 6.45 saying, hey, boys, you guys ready? And then I, here at 7.30 in the morning, you're like, got to get a beer to pop. And I'm going, I'm, I'm an adult <laughs> with children. I can't be doing this. I'll do it, but I can't be doing this. <laughs> it's going to be this like, is- I'm, I'm going to have to brush my teeth like twice this morning to hide this from my wife. <laughs> In like an hour when the kids are awake. <laughs> this is pretty much precisely why last Sunday when we were recording, Mitch is like, I'm not drinking a beer this early. <laughs> like, you asshole. I'm pretty sure he didn't drink a beer on the, on Blazing Saddles just in case Gus popped in. And, I mean, <laughs> Blazing Saddles, some would call it N-word heavy. Sober. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah that is that is a fact i was telling mitch uh you know off air while you're getting your mic set up that i so i stayed up pretty late last night watching the uh the wrestling pay-per-view and i had a couple of brewskis i went to bed a little tipsy and apparently i set an alarm for i don't know 5 five thirty this morning and it went off i'm like what the fuck it's a bad feeling <laughs> yeah and then I realized that I had to finish the last 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, movies, sleep. the funny thing about movies is that they're meant to be watched just, you know, 
in a sitting. Yes. Yeah. Strange, right? <laughs> For a coherent <laughs> structure. It's fine. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> well, I tried to do that like three times yesterday, and it, it just didn't happen. So, is what it is. I tried watching it in the hammock, and then I woke up three, three hours later. I'm like, fuck, this isn't happening. Mel Brooks so. would call you a schmuck for trying to watch one of his movies on a hammock. He's a fucking schmeck. Well, anyways, boys, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Over the Handlebars Double IPA from Long Trail. It has lupulin powder. I don't know what that is. <laughs> that sounds like Harry Potter <laughs> shit. <laughs> but, it, but it's 8%, so it's a good way to start a Sunday. You just got a rise out of me. So I, uh, back to my intro story. Know what that reminds me of? What? That reminds me of when we were riding bikes around Hinsdale and I broke my arm. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Friday, I went over to the neighbor's house for a fire. And right before his daughter went to bed, she's got one of those little foot pedal ones. She's, yeah. I, think she, I think she's three. And she was just kicking herself along the patio. Right over the edge. Didn't stop. Bump. <laughs> <laughs> so after she goes to bed he's like i gotta make a beer run as soon as he walked in this these were in his face and he was like oh, I, I gotta buy that for you that's fantastic so this is courtesy of the neighbor all right what, what are you giving that at seven thirty on this fine sunday morning <laughs> um for a sunday morning at seven thirty, this is like a three but Friday night by the fire, it was it was it was better. Would you rather Would you rather be drinking that or a Bud Light? I thought you were going to say, would you rather be drinking at a normal hour or seven thirty on a Sunday morning? <laughs> I, I would drink this Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light at seven thirty. Mm. <laughs> at nope. that point, if you're drinking Bud Light at seven thirty in the morning, it I didn't go to be bed because you didn't go to bed. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, Dave, what are you rocking over there? I am rocking Fortnite from Relic Brewing here in good old Connecticut. Nice. Yeah, man, it's it's good old India Pale Ale from India. It's got a 7.2%. <laughs> India, Connecticut. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving this bad boy, I'm giving this bad boy uh, three and a half for taste and, and an additional one for surprise that I'm enjoying it this much at 7.30 on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Is it pairing well with your coffee? Because that's no. something that we're we're learning through. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing we pairs well with coffee except for like a coffee stout. And I wasn't thinking ahead enough. <laughs> I thought I tried thinking ahead last week with that and it, it also did not work out. <laughs> well, you just you just showed us that you have. Six different forms of beverage in front of you, and none of them are duplicates. What do you have in front of you right now, you fucking maniac? Beer-wise or in general? in liquid form. You have multiple things. I have iced coffee. I have a Red Bull. You're drinking iced coffee out of a a whiskey glass? (laughs) uh, I'll take two fingers of iced coffee, barista, thank you. Look at the size of this ice cube, too. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> that is the equivalent of a Big Willie yeah. style cigar. I, I bite it for the look. I don't light it in terms of coffee drinking. <laughs> Listen, he's got a, he's got a like, point. 
I've I've had three quarters of this, so I've had like I don't know two ounces. So <laughs> I should be good to go, man. But in terms of beer, ooh, this iced coffee is really good though. But this beer, <laughs> I S- like I'm gonna give the iced coffee a five because that's delightful. I like how but you've taken a sip of every drink you're talking about. <laughs> I got a Red Bull here. <laughs> Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my my drinking habits are as ADHD as I am. But in terms of what I'm drinking right now, in terms of beer, I am drinking a Terrarium IPA from Bunker uh, from Bunker Brewing Company uh, out of Portland, Maine. It's six percent. It's a pinter, and it's also from India, Connecticut, which is weird. Yeah, um, very popular for India Pale Ale. Oh, man. I really just wish that this was full of that iced coffee that I just uh, took a sip sip of. Unfortunately, it's not. And in terms of an IPA, this is way less of a bite than I prefer. So I'm getting this bad boy uh, three, two, five. And back to the iced coffee. See, you should have drank your iced coffee. And then you could have drank some water and did a swish and spit. And then the beer would be better. That's what I did. Oh, that's that's a good cut. Let's see how it tastes after the Red Bull. <laughs> this is ridiculous to watch. You're like an alchemist of stupidity right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm digging it. Some would say I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Some would probably. <laughs> oh my god. Your regular old Boys. Frankenstein. Yes, thank you. Way to just lead us into our last episode of Mayo Brooks. <laughs> the worst name ever. I love it. I love it. Well, we knew you, I knew that you had to be on this episode. Why is that, Dave? I don't think you knew I had to be on this episode. When you said you were doing Young Frankenstein, I pretty much, it was like Anchorman when uh, Ron Burgundy gets all fucky and he's all, uh, like he goes to the restaurant and Fred Armisen's there and he says, you will eat cat shit? I feel like this one to me was like, I'll eat the cat shit. I need to eat this cat shit, Sean. I need to. <laughs> yeah, it was basically, hey, we're doing this. And you're like, I'm going to be on Young Frankenstein, whether you guys like it or not. Real strong arm move. <laughs> I like it. You guys are going to have to change your recording schedule to fit me in. I'm like, nah, we're just recording in the morning. You're like, okay, that works too. I'll wake up for Young Frankenstein. I won't wake up for a fire. <laughs> For a murder or anything else in the world, I'll wake up for young Frankenstein. You told me a, a funny story the other day. I mean, it was just a, a message, but you're like, yeah, I told the wife that I'm getting up at six in the, or at seven in the morning, and she laughed, and then I told her why, and she's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> she's still asleep. She doesn't give a shit right now. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Caitlin's it, asleep for- It's gotta be nice for you guys. Caitlin's asleep for like wife. another hour and a half. It's the best. This is a good recording time. If I can get Brian to wake up before noon, then, man, this could work out real well. I was about to to say, good luck with that. Oh, man. No way. It's not going to happen. Well, all right, boys. Is this everybody's favorite Mel Brooks movie? Yes. No. Okay. Mitch, where are you going? With what? 
in terms of your, your favorite Mel Brooks movie. Oh, God, If this I don't is the, the last of the Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks month, might as well start this off. Yeah, no, I don't know. Jeez, I'd have to think about it. Oh, okay. Well, I'll get back to that at the end of the episode. Okay. Dave, why is this your favorite one? It's his most complete movie. Simple okay. enough. It's extremely funny, and it actually has a story that matters, and he took it very seriously making it, and I, I very much appreciate that. I appreciate that as well. I also appreciate the fact that he isn't in some stupid cameo role. Wasn't allowed to be. idiot in this movie. Wasn't allowed really? to be. Yeah. Yeah. What? I didn't know that. I feel like <laughs> so, Dave's got a, a ridiculous amount of knowledge about this movie. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> just a little bit. to get truth bombed. I wouldn't call it a truth bomb. That makes it sound like it's like a Me Too thing. I don't know why, but it does. Like a, a Ronan Farrow, I'm about to expose you. <laughs> that type of thing. Uh, okay. But with, with Mel Brooks, I absolutely adore Mel Brooks. Yeah, he's kind of a shitty person sometimes in his career. Big old womanizer. But he's funny. And that's, I mean, that's got to count for something, right? <laughs> it all balances out. Uh, so I'm going to start this off Whoa, with... guy, he's still got to tell us. He's still okay. dropping the truth bomb. Slow down. Uh, we're okay. we're mid-truth bomb. So what happened with Blazing Saddles, which is perfect beginning to the end, I don't give a shit what you say. Whoa, he, whoa, whoa, whoa. He had... He, <laughs> whoa. That's a different wrong. fight. Yeah. No, it is. And we'll get, <laughs> and we'll get there. And we'll get there. But... <laughs> He had Gig Young come in to play the role of Jim, and Gig Young was a very famous Western actor, yada, yada. Uh, he ended up having a, a bit of a, an alcohol problem, so they ended up firing him. So Mel Brooks ended up calling his buddy Gene Wilder, who he had done the producers with at that point, and said, hey, come do my Blazing Saddles movie. Gene Wilder shows up the next day and is on set and in the jail cell upside down. That's how much of a pro he is. From there, on that set, they start talking, and Gene Wilder pretty much says, hey, I did this for you. You got to do one for me. And it turned out to be Young Frankenstein. Wow. So Gene okay. Wilder was the one who conceived of the story of, why don't we do a, uh, a movie about a Frankenstein doctor man who absolutely hates his lineage? And Mel Brooks said, yeah, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. So they both ended up sitting down and writing the thing out, and Gene Wilder's only conceit to doing this and starring in it was, you can't be in this movie, because you, Mel Brooks, are more known for breaking the fourth wall, and this needs to be more of a serious film in terms of a comedy, if you will. It needs to be able to keep that earnestness about the story. Is that why he tried to sneak in that alternate ending? Which alternate ending? The one where they come down the stairs. Oh, I thought you meant that the the color version of the movie. Oh no, that doesn't exist. That's a whole separate story. <laughs> just, keep, just keep making Sean's face do that thing he was just doing. <laughs> Sean just showed me a non-sexual O face, and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> but yeah, this was uh, this movie was done by Mel Brooks directing as a favor to Gene Wilder, and Gene Wilder said, "You can't be in this movie," and he said, "Okay." <laughs> And I think that's why this movie it works so well, because Mel Brooks didn't have to worry about being on, on the other side of the camera for once. I did appreciate the fact that this was one of those, one of these movies. It's the first movie that we've watched in here, and I appreciate fourth wall break and stuff, but I you really don't. do. No, you don't. No, you don't. Hold on. I, I do. <laughs> I do in Spaceballs. 730 in the, in the morning right now, and I am fiery. This is oh, this is not going to go well for you. I like this. 
Son of a bitch. Of course you do, because you're not the only one putting me on blast. I'm just going to sit back. on top of it and vocal about it. <laughs> oh, man. No, I like I liked it in Spaceballs, but I really appreciated this being, like, uh, for what it was. It, like, this was an amazing movie. I really, I, I really did dig it. Um, and before we go any further on this, I'm actually going to do what you suggested that we did months ago and that's going to imdb and just give a little clip of what this movie is about it's about an american grant an american grandson of the infamous scientist struggling to prove that his grandfather was not as insane as people believe is invited to transylvania where he discovers the process that reanimates a dead body now right off of that i don't think that's that true i agree like at all (laughs) I agree, but I think that's something that gives like a layer to the character that I, I think gets a little overlooked. I I think um, my problem with that little description is kind of ties into like my only problem with the movie. Uh, in that, like, it's not that he was trying struggling to prove that his grandfather was not as insane, like. From from the very beginning, he's like, my grandpa was insane. Don't eat. like he wants nothing to do with that name, like at all. He's like he's crazy. He's almost ashamed. And then I, I don't know. Maybe you can help me understand a little bit better because this was my first time watching this. Help me explain or help me realize like how did he go from knocking everything his grandfather did to all of a sudden he's carrying out what he was doing? The secret library. Where he read all yeah, his but- stuff, and I guess it was written in a way where, holy shit, this is actually science, and it could work. I think that's okay. mostly right. I think, and this was like, I haven't, quote-unquote, watched this movie in so long. I've probably seen this movie 50 to 100 times easily, but I haven't really sat down and watched it and taken notes or anything like that. And watching it this time, I think the whole classroom scene at the beginning... When he's going through just the science of how the brain works and stabbing himself in the leg and kicking old men in the dick, I think that's where <laughs> you kind of realize who Dr. Frankenstein is in this. How he's saying that his grandfather's a kook, but then the second that this Transylvanian man comes up and says, Hey, here's the will of your great grandfather, yada yada, he goes, Oh, maybe, uh, maybe we'll see what this is actually all about. I think that publicly he wants to remove himself from being part of that family because like, it's not. Like, a, a thing that he can actually do. He doesn't have mm. the ability to do it, but now that he's actually there, he's all on board for trying it out. Live up to the family name. Okay. And I appreciate that. Like I said, this was my first time seeing this, and I really think that this movie is one of those movies that really lends itself to multiple viewings, because it does. it's very smart, has a lot of layers to it, and even in, like, the two and a half times that I've watched it since yesterday because, you know, watch it, start it, watch it, start it, watch it, start it. That doesn't uh, equal two yeah. and a half. That equals one. <laughs> well, not when I watch Nerdy Thursday math multiple no. times, you know? Yeah, you, know, you do the actual, you do the minute count. So because yeah, he watched exactly. an hour of the movie and then an hour of the movie, but it was overlaid. So oh, it was only right. 30 minutes, you know, for that 30 minutes and then a new 30 minutes. Yeah. He's counting that okay, as, so as one. That's exactly how the filmmaker intended you to watch his work of art that they work so hard on. <laughs> See, Nerdy Thursday math, when you break it down, really does make sense. So, To somebody. To put, 
to people drinking beer <laughs> uh, at 7.50 in the morning now. Oh, our listeners. <laughs> Hold on, let me get some more math juice in me. <laughs> That's the only way we're entertaining, is if you start drinking at 7.30 in the morning. That's exactly it. I usually listen to you guys in the car, but I have to have beers before I go into the car to listen to make sure that it all works. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. That's Dave not is true. From That's not true. <laughs> you can drink beer in or beer in the car in Connecticut. That's also not true. Not if you're driving. <laughs> don't be driving. Just just don't be driving. Exactly, yeah. guys. What's your favorite part of this movie? What's your favorite scene? Go ahead, Dave. Put <laughs> on the I feel like Dave's only objective right now is to wake up his wife and kids. <laughs> no. No. I, that's my nightmare, in fact. That is my, that is my horror story. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, let's see. Uh, for tiny scenes, uh, when they're playing darts. It's pretty good. But With the cop and he cheats. Yeah, but I love when he's on the train. What scene was what was going on there? So how he, how he takes huh. a train from America to Transylvania? Yeah. Well, yeah, but obviously there's a flight or a boat ride in between the two trains. But he gets on his train and like goes to New York City and these people are having a conversation behind him and he's just sitting there bored out of his mind like reading the paper or whatever. And then gets to Trans like uh Transylvania and they're having the same exact conversation behind him. And whatever language they speak. Uh-huh. Is it Transylvanian? And then, like... I, it reminded me a lot of German. But it's the same lie. exact scene. reminded you of German? It either is or it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like German. I don't know. But that, crack, that cracks me up every time. <laughs> What's really funny is I literally... <laughs> while watching this, I just made the mental assumption that it was implied that it was one train and i thought that was even funnier i'm like because it was they just changed the sign and they said go ahead i think it's even the same actors <laughs> like doing it like, so good. i was like did he really just take the train from america to transylvania because that's stupid but hilarious <laughs> why, why not silly little gag uh i Love how looking at on Google the description of this. The description on Google when you type in Young Frankenstein is respected medical lecturer Dr. Frederick Frank, <laughs> excuse me, Frankenstein uh, learns that he Frankenstein, sorry, learns that he has inherited Frederick. his inf his infamous grandfather's estate in Transylvania. Arriving at the castle, Dr. Frankenstein soon begins to recreate his grandfather's experiments with the help of servants Igor, Inga, and the fearsome Frau Ablusher. <laughs> after, after he creates his own monster, new complications ensue with the arrival of the doctor's fiance, Elizabeth. I love how that's included in here, and she literally shows up like 15 minutes before the movie ends. Yep, and she's brilliant. <laughs> like, like, she is... The end scene, basically. You guys are just. Movie. I don't even know if you guys are doing male. I can't even say male Brooks. It makes me yeah. sick to my stomach. Male. Worse. It really male. does. You guys have really been on a Madeline Kahn kick when it comes down to it. 
<laughs> because you have her here in Young Frankenstein. You had her last week in Blazing Saddles, and you had her pretty much, was it three weeks ago, in Clue? You've done just as much Madeline oh, Kahn as you have done in Mel Brooks' month. Well, see, that really goes along with what we were saying, what, the other week? Where we're just going to pick an actor from somewhere in these movies? Yeah, you could have just said... And jump to them. Welcome to Madeline Kahn. Done. That's Oh, that's way better than what Sean's been saying. <laughs> God, I wish I thought of that. Because yeah. Clue was the first one of this month, too. So we didn't yeah. even do a full Mayel Brooks month. Well, I feel like Mel Brooks would appreciate that, actually. He'd, he'd find the humor in there. <laughs> See? This was genius, Mitch. No. Mayel Brooks. Uh, no one's using the G word. No one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I, I think my favorite part of this was uh, when he meets Igor, and they're going over how both of them pronounce their names wrong, and it just made me think of the whole gif-jif argument, and yeah. everybody being like, yeah, well, it wouldn't be said this way if this, and I'm just like, the whole time that I was watching that, I'm like, I need to record a video of this and put this up as my <laughs> argument as to why it's jif. I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. Fuck that. That's what they were going for. <laughs> yeah, they were famously yeah. going for that in this scene. This this is just honestly just lending itself to Mel Brooks being way ahead of his time. Like, he knew that this was going to be a thing coming up in the future. Right. It's like the ending of Blazing and Saddles. I totally get it. Way ahead of his time. No. Not at all. That can die in a fiery pit. That's... <laughs> <laughs> the ending of that movie can get monster raped. That's it did like, oh, that's a thing. Like unfortunately. It's, it gives a whole new like term to monster mash. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about how that was so uncomfortable <laughs> to like watch at the beginning? And then it's just like, really? She's gonna bride a Frankenstein him? Yeah. People got their kinks, Sean. Yeah. Get used to it. Welcome to the new world. Yeah, he has I, an enormous schmonstucker. <laughs> of course it you worked know what, you want to know what made me so happy I'm going to keep bringing this thing back to Blazing Saddles because it's so damn good because <laughs> everything's so damn good is that first of all Mitch is adorable because every time Sean Stop. said that he loves something in that movie Mitch was just cracking up in the background and it's like Mitch you get it you totally get it living that nostalgia factor of that's hysterical but your scales for that episode were entirely based on a scene that you both said that you didn't care for. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It ruined the movie. That's that what we do. The movie sucks. It must have... No, it doesn't, dude. It's literally breaking the fourth wall in the most extreme way. It's pretty much the bean sitting around the campfire farting scene, just excess of breaking uh, the fourth wall. It is uh, a masterful stroke by Mel Brooks. It is I can't so believe good. we didn't talk yeah, about that. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> The, the bean scene? I'm really surprised. Yeah. I'm, I am shocked that you guys didn't talk about that. <laughs> so are we, apparently. Because you just you just mentioned that. I'm like, oh, shit. We didn't even talk about that. Go back and edit this in, Sean. How many cans of beans would you put in a bowl? <laughs> I want to... A, on a scale of one to a bowl of baked That's right. beans. This is the director's cut of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> really, it's hidden as the young Frankenstein version. It, it's the Snyder cut, basically. <laughs> yeah. It does exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So to move on, I just want to say real quick, ending at Blazing Saddles sucks. But anyways, um, getting back to this movie, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that was Cloris, uh, Cloris Leachman like until until I was like reading up on this beforehand. She looks way way different when she's not like rubbing sausages together and talking yeah. about how much she can fit in her throat. The the giveaway with that of you knowing it's like- Cloris Leachman is the opening credits. When it says that Cloris Leachman's in the movie, that's the giveaway. Yeah, it's always a good hint. Also, <laughs> when it's like eighty years difference in movie making, uh, yep. yeah, she, it's gonna be hard to tell years. it's her. Thirty years, <laughs> <laughs> only thirty years. Yeah, but also, look at the- look at her in the two movies. That's like eighty years in Hollywood time. <laughs> it looks like she had eighty years worth of cigarettes that she smoked. I feel like. I feel like your dream would be like Cloris Leachman if she had played the Madeline Kahn role in Blazing Saddles. It just kept the sausage theme alive, like a through line of her career. I'm not going to lie. That scene in that movie literally made me think of Beer Fest <laughs> with, with the sausages the, the very next morning. I was like, this is, this is just fantastic. I, I love it. That scene uh, in Blazing Saddles is the only scene that they actually had to cut a joke. Really? Yeah, because it was too racy. Because Wait, the N word's not racy enough. For, well, in, uh, I'm going to keep going back to it. Play this out. The reason why they got away with so much is because that writer's room, Richard Pryor was a part of it. And he pretty much gave mm-hmm. him, like, hey, oh, go to town. We could say that. Use all the jokes we could say you that. want. It's the best. We could say that. Yeah. But Richard the Pryor approved. Cut, the joke that got cut was uh, when the lights go off and she's like saying, oh, oh, oh. And she's starting to go to town on it. And she's like, it's true. It's true. And the joke is. Obviously, that it's a, a wiener joke, yeah. but his line that got cut was, hate to break it to you, but you're sucking on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was still in there. I would have laughed. I would have, I would have, because you listen, I, I thought she was a pointless character and there's no point in ha- having her in there. She was pretty much just a, a homage to old film making, old Hollywood Marlene Dietrich style, but that's, that's mm-hmm. all it was. What I didn't also see coming, going back to actors that I didn't realize were in this movie, Peter Boyle. Like, I saw that name pop up, and I was like, oh, man, that sounds familiar. And I saw it, and I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, man, that guy looks really familiar. Pull up IMDb, and I click on his name, and I'm like, oh, the dude from Everyone Loves Raymond. It's really weird to see him play such a huge, large, tall character in this movie, and him be so goddamn small, and everybody loves Raymond or hates Raymond or... I don't know. Um, <laughs> whatever like show I'm trying he looks to talk small. About. He looks small and everybody loves Raymond. Not that he looks like a, a normal human being who's not <laughs> like dressed up as a, a monster man. He looks small. <laughs> I honestly, watching the movie, I was like, man, they got a really tall guy to play this role. Is this like, was this like Herman Munster? Like, Is that Shaq? What the hell's happening here? <laughs> I don't think I'd ever confuse this guy for Shaq, but okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm cutting that out. He did not, in fact, cut that out. Uh, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I'm just over here. <laughs> That's the... That I'm Dear God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Guys, so what keeps you guys coming back to this movie? What do you love most about this? Because this was my first time watching it. You guys watched it a hundred times. That it's in black and white. Yep. Makes you feel classy. <laughs> like a classy broad. 
Yeah. I love the aesthetic. I love that it was made to feel like a 1930s monster movie. Yeah, it went pretty much full universal horror with this one. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so good. To the, even to the point that the equipment in the lab is the actual equipment from James Whale's Frankenstein from 1931. It's the actual yeah. stuff that was used in that film. And that's why props. me being the film nerd that I am, when Gene Wilder walks into the lab and he goes, so this is where it all happened. Every single time I get goosebumps going like, that's amazing. When you're on like an actual set and you're actually surrounded by that history or something like that, you're in the room, man, that hits hard. It's so good. That's super meta. Yeah, yeah. actually like, hearing you say that makes it even better. Because <clears throat> like it's Gene Wilder, like as the character, like, you know, it's his grandfather's, all his stuff and his work, but as Gene Wilder, it's like, that's a movie I watched like a hundred times to prepare for this. And now I'm surrounded by all that junk. <laughs> I love how you call it junk. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting too, I was getting too sentimental. <laughs> Mitch is fighting back tears right now. You okay, bud? Mm-hmm. You good? <laughs> He's about to hop in his car, drive down here and uppercut me. <laughs> I think Mitch is just happy that out. Mitch is just happy that we saw a Gene Wilder movie where we didn't kill any kids. So good, good for you, Gene Wilder. It's my favorite part about Gene I, Wilder. Like every movie that I'm seeing with Gene Wilder, it makes me appreciate Gene, Mild- Gene Wilder even more, and makes me really depressed that I didn't watch more of his stuff like earlier in life. Because man, this guy—you got time now. A- yeah. a- absolutely, I know I got time now, but like I wish that I had this my whole life and watching these movies instead of being put off by one thing or another and just not committing to watching them. And like, he was honestly just such a fucking treasure, man. Like, yeah, he nailed it with this movie. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. His timing is insane. And he's just so, I don't know. He he was perfect. And like literally everything he did. His deliveries are insane because he's like the master of yelling out lines just for the sake of doing something different. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. Agreed. And I thought the same thing when he had a couple of scenes in this movie where he did the same thing. I'm like, man, you just don't, you never, you don't see people doing that in flicks. Like, and I thought to myself, I'm like, is that just a Gene Wilder staple? Like where he would start talking and then just like start shouting. You know, is that really something that was just his? Because I don't see people doing that. Or not doing it well, at least. Yeah. He crushes yeah. it. He's the best. I mean, if yeah. we're going to talk about his delivery, the best one is when the... So we right before we all started to record, we were sending each other gifts of the movie. <laughs> and the one <laughs> that you sent was... Saying it wrong. No. They to- they were wrong then, weren't they? <laughs> I think but, Sean's, uh, Sean's ears work a lot like Marty Feldman's <laughs> eyes, so he just doesn't know. <laughs> exactly. But you said the one where he's like, that goes without saying. It's probably mm-hmm. one of I, my favorite lines he delivers. And this because he's kind of like in the middle of eating and kind of shocked. I think that one of my favorite lines he delivers is just a random cutaway to them having breakfast. And he goes, Gibbers? And it's like, what kind of delivery is that for that line? It just works for a nothing moment. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like between this and Willy Wonka, like, I can see 
having grown up on Willy Wonka, I could see a lot of the same um, uh, character being put into uh, Frankenstein as he put into Willy Wonka in terms of the manicness. Um, and I, I thought that that worked really well here. I also like the, the line that uh, Mel Brooks stole from Dumb and Dumber. Um, <laughs> he ripped it right off. <laughs> Jim Carrey has been in a lawsuit since 1994 over this. You're right. <laughs> got really weird when everybody started dying that was involved in this film. But <laughs> it's a conspiracy, he, damn it. <laughs> when he says, nice knockers, and Inga goes, oh, thank you. <laughs> Loved it. Thought that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to know it's wild? Yeah. What's that? So I... I already said that Blazing Saddles kind of birthed young Frankenstein. They both came out in 1974. So crazy. What a banner year for Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder putting out two of the most influential comedies of all time in the same year. Right? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, does that have anything to do with, uh, did this kind of launch Mel Brooks into like a a higher echelon of, no? No, producers did. Okay. Producers came out a year before, but even before that, when you had like your show of shows with Sid Caesar, that was like a mm-hmm. a murderer's row of writers because in that writer's room, you had Mel Brooks, you had Larry Gelbard, who went on to create MASH and, and Cheers. You also had Woody Allen and you had Carl Reiner. It's like you had all the biggest comedy writers of all time in one writer's room. And it's weird because in Blazing Saddles, you have a writer's room also. And that's how they kind of came up with all the jokes. And it was just... Joke, 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 joke. And here it's just Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks. Like yeah. It's two people who want to make a serious comedy. They're so drastically different for being the same year. You can definitely tell that it's way more focused. Oh, uh, yeah. In the writing. Way more focused, way more like it, it, it stays very, like every scene makes sense in this movie and it carries itself very well through um, from beginning to end, and I really love that. Yeah, it stays on. Uh, it stays on point, but it's got the wit. Mm-hmm. I think. Can we talk about Marty like Feldman? I was just about to say. <laughs> let's talk about. I think the only point that didn't really stay on point is like there was random cuts back to the, back to the police officer just going like, Meh. you know, like just a random cut, and I was just. I thought that was funny. It was a little. Like, oh, they didn't really have to go there, but I appreciate it. I want everybody but, to know that's listening that the no, went that you heard was uh, it was not a wooden arm that was being comedically adjusted <laughs> throughout this movie. That was actually just Sean. Sean's that good with his Foley sound that yeah, that was that was Sean. Exactly. Like Mel Brooks, so ahead of his time <laughs> that he actually took the clip from this episode. Yep. And brought it back to the past. You know, he spaceballs the movie, this, into Young Frankenstein. Fantastic. Well, he could have done that because with Mr. Video or whatever it was in Spaceballs, he has all of his movies lined up. Yeah. And, and it's like, he could have done I it love that. real easily. Exactly. He knows what's going on. Marty Feldman, where did you want to go with him? I love him dearly. I think he's one of the best comedic actors of all time. <laughs> I cannot be, believe he died at only, like, 42. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. When you look at him, you go, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be an early kicker. All right. 
Oh, when you have yeah, that's so sad. That's so sad to hear and then agree immediately with. He's a Mel Brooks staple, though. He pops up in silent movie mm-hmm. also, and it's like he is such a good physical comedian. And here, when he's doing his bit as Igor with the hump that he did on his own, he ad libbed the hump joke of moving the hump around on set, and then they just wrote it in eventually. I love how they're. He was like, "Wasn't what that hump? on the other?" <laughs> what hump? <laughs> oh yeah, that was so good. <laughs> I can fix your hump. What hump? <laughs> Loved it. But he's like the only thing in this. He's the only thing in this movie that's completely off the rails, where he's just doing jokes, <laughs> and it works. Every one of them works. From the moment where he dis- they discover like the secret room, and it's got like freshly deceased, and it's just his face there. And you're like, <laughs> ah, I got nobody. Ha-cha-cha-cha, ha-cha-cha-cha. From that to when the fiance shows up and he basically just parrots back the lines that she told Frankenstein. I love whenever G. Wilder comes back, act natural. <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> Say nothing. Act natural. I think my favorite moment with him is when they discover the secret library and they see the smoldering cigar. And instead of going to the cigar, he goes to the violin. And he goes, oh, it's still warm. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. I, I, feel like, I feel like that's some secret thing that's never came out where Mel Brooks went to him and was like, be as stupid as you can. <laughs> he won't let me be in this but you you do what i say so you know you're gonna be creepy but i also need you to be this creepy so funny he's so layers of creepy fantastic i thought he was great and I I mean obviously I don't watch a lot of movies and I didn't really know who marty no You watch all the you movies. S- you say that, but we're known like for. 75 new movies that you've watched for this. <laughs> Just for this show? <laughs> this is <laughs> the best like thing that's ever happened to you. Terrible Lord of the Rings movies. Only Wrong. two so far. Wrong. Fuck. Wrong. You still got, yeah, you still got another <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was wrong. It was only two of them. Um, yeah, that's what you were wrong about. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously one of my favorite things about doing this show is just like going on IMDb and like clicking on all these people and being like where have I seen them before and I you know I saw him I'm like I've seen Marty Feldman in other movies before and I was like do they just do like this weird contact prosthetic thing for his eyes every movie nah that's just how the dude looked yeah <laughs> <laughs> like in my head I was like did somebody just do this for him once and everybody saw it and they're like we got to do that for him every time. No, yeah, he, he, always the, he always goes really to the He always goes to the makeup character. department. He goes to the makeup department and says, "This is kind of my tra- my trademark. This is my signature." That's exactly it. It's like early James Bond days with Sean Connery, how he had to wear a toupee because he's supposed to be this big sex symbol, and he's got his toupee just hanging up there in the makeup department. And instead of that, they have Marty Feldman's eyes just hanging on a on a shelf. Tell me that wouldn't fucking that this seems plausible. The more we talk about it, the more this seems oh, like it's what happened. <laughs> oh my god. Can you imagine uh, the killing spirit Halloween would make if they had Marty Feldman eyes <laughs> instead of like a Groucho Mark sun like glasses and mustache combo? <laughs> How do they not have those? Like you could literally just get those and have a little hole in the center. They could probably stay have, open like, year round instead of opening only in Halloween times. 
everybody they in just Pittsfield. They sold Marty Feldman eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are terrible. Oh. <laughs> can, we t- that's it. That's, can we talk about the monster here? Marty Feldman's not a monster, so stop. <laughs> I, I guess that's part of the movie. <laughs> the monster. Oh, man. This... How do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about what they uh, the direction they took with the monster in this movie? Perfect. And the the relationship with Frankenstein. I think it's absolutely perfect. I think that they they nailed that. He's got an Abby normal brain, but he also has like a heart. <laughs> Yo, going back to Igor, that was that had me rolling, <laughs> rolling. For what like, it's worth, this movie is so like ingrained in me and my family. That my dad's dog is named Abby Normal. Oh my god! <laughs> when he dropped that line, that he's like, "No, no, it was from somebody, Abby, Abby Normal." I, I lost it, dude. Like, I started laughing. I'm like, "This is fucking perfect." You're right. It's Blazing Saddles level of humor. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I just love when he's sneaking into that door and he sees his own hand and freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> But it's such a good setup because then he sees his own reflection in the mirror and drops the brain. It, it all works. <laughs> uh, everything about this just flowed so well. And, you know, you're right. He's got an abnormal brain and a, and a heart made of gold. And by the end of it, when they kind of combine consciousness, I guess, is basically what happens at the end, right? Like he kind of lends his conscious kind of to the monster is that what happens at the end well i mean he's pretty conscious the whole time he's alive and awake and walking around going i would call that consciousness for sure but he kind of he gets more of like the the smarts where he can actually function and not just freak the fuck out every single couple seconds over something okay real quick hold on yeah i just thought of something okay this whole movie sean is leaning in he's pointing he's pointing at the camera <laughs> He's about to make a point. I hate that you guys can see me right now because I'm very animated. serious. Point. <laughs> this is what I deal with every recording. <laughs> yeah, he wants us all to. Like he wants us all thing. to stay quiet because he's about to make a really important point. So everyone pay attention. This is going to be on Sean's obituary when he's when he's dead and gone because this is the, yeah, the importance he's putting on this moment. Everyone lean in. Everyone lean in. <laughs> so this whole movie, he's freaking the fuck out about fire, right? And after the monster rapes Madeline Kahn like seven times, okay? Her lucky number is seven, so yeah. Yeah. He has two lit cigarettes in his mouth. How the fuck do you light those without freaking out? No, she did it in the bathroom. Gave it to him. No, no, because they were out in a field somewhere in the the woods. Nah. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And he's the one that lit them because they were both in his mouth. How do you light those motherfuckers? Let me ask you this. I don't like this. Here's my question to you. From is the spark of love. You're taking Somebody a comedy movie. go dig movie. up Mel Brooks. I got to ask him a question. still alive. Still alive. Yeah, you, could not... probably, you could probably tweet him. Yeah, tweet I'm him. I'm going to tweet him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I was 50-50 on that. I didn't know if he was still alive or not. That's how most death things work. <laughs> They're either dead or not. Yeah, you're, you you're trying to put logic into a comedy movie. Uh, into a parody movie, nonetheless. 
This I'm is what you did with Blazing Saddles too. How when you came up with Blazing Saddles, you're like, man, that story of Rockridge really hit, nope. That he would jo- <laughs> Mel Brooks jokes about sequels all the time in his movies, but with the, with Blazing Saddles, you were saying like, man, Rockridge, I really got behind their story, their plight to not have a railroad go through. That really touched me deeply. <laughs> like you forgot said, that it was I'll a parody away. film. <laughs> 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 That's still where they should have ended the movie. Nope, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he lit a cigarette. Cause that's what you do after sex in movies. But he can't light a cigarette because the literally. Sean has never had sex on film before. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> False. <laughs> also, <laughs> time out. Hold on. Go on. Don't worry. I have the computer right here, Dave. Send it. Send it. Take a break from Young Frankenstein. Put it in this. Put his sex tape into black and white, and let's talk about that for a hot second. <laughs> it would also give you. Uh, You're so fucking pale old. that I would just be so confused if it were black and white or color to start. <laughs> but the police officer with the wooden arm lights. No, not even him. It was the one that had him fucking locked up in chains, and he looked like a dominatrix. Was lighting. Matches to light his cigarette, his cigarette, and he was freaking out every time he lit a lit a cigarette. So or lit a match. So there, I'm just sex, saying, sex is a metaphor for humanity. He's more human, therefore fires and scare him. That can't yeah, be possibly man. true. That can't be remotely true. Don't buy a thing I just said. If sex that changes you, nodded, you dude. makes you think that you're just going to eat up at anything at this point <laughs> to find logic. <laughs> you sold me a ticket to that. Like oh, that immediately. Man. Took away oh. all of my concerns on that scene. I brought you right to the Transylvania station, track 29. Yes, yes. It leads straight to Grand Central. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Beer's at 8.23 in the morning, man. I I didn't realize I'm such a fan, and I'm a fan. This is wonderful. <laughs> That's why I'm on this my second. A, I noticed. I, I noticed you pop it, and the only reason I haven't had a second yet is I don't want to get up. I'm having too much fun. Yeah. I'm oh, blazing yeah. saddles. So, yeah, if uh, you didn't notice, I just all I had to do was lean a little bit because we're in my – oh, pardon the mess. As I have to say that again, pardon the mess, but – Are we, go, we going – you got your cameras on the move right now. I feel like I'm in a J.J. A. Abrams movie. What so there's the laptop, at? and it is on the refrigerator. Brilliant. Next level stuff right there. Yeah, no. We we, can't we, we prepared that. for this. No. That, that, I'm born with that. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's Abby normal, but he's got a heart of gold. All he wants is for people to love <laughs> yeah, that's right. each we took other. The, the long road there, but yeah, that's what it is, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, and no, short, no, no shortcuts on this show. no tangents at all um and frankenstein knows that he's got to treat him with love and and respect and heart and uh, oh that scene is so good when he goes into the and he says whatever it is no matter how loud the screams don't let me out no matter how much i beg don't let me out the second he gets in there get me the hell out of here son of a bastard (laughs) don't you know i was kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh which guys? How'd you guys feel? Uh, I know Dave's gonna be like, loved it. No, but what are you guys' thoughts no. on the scene where he? I'll flip. I don't mind. 
reveals the monster to all of the scientists. I got a lot of questions. It's the only part of the movie I hate. Legitimately. <laughs> are you are you literally just saying that because I said I nope. love this? Nope. In my notes. Because that's so funny. In, in my notes on it. It's the, the, I wrote down, that is the only thing in this movie I dislike. <laughs> Sean's face There's on your notes. We don't do that. <laughs> I'm just looking at IMDb and being like, where do I go next? <laughs> well, no, because it's th- that whole scene, I think it shows like the maturity of Mel Brooks because, and it's a weird thing, is that it starts out with like a sign that says, hey, we're going to do a science show or whatever we're going to do. And it reminded me of Spaceballs with the wedding. And for, he needed to put a joke on that sign about like uh, probably a bar mitzvah because Mel Brooks is Jewish. I don't know if you heard, but in this one, he just does it. He plays it no straight way. with the sign. But then the second he gets the monster on stage and he starts talking about it, he's like, oh, and this is uh, how you reanimate tissue. All these scientists are laughing their ass off like, ah, nah, it's like. This motherfucker here is a Frankenstein. This is all he's known for doing, and his family is known for reanimating tissue, and he's done it before. They released a monster on whatever city we're in, and you guys are laughing about it like it can't happen. It's like, we noticed this already. Yeah. Like, we've seen this happen. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. When you look at it in that light, like, when you peel it back like that, and it's like, historically in canon, a Frankenstein has released a monster. Yes, this makes no fucking sense. And I didn't even think about it when I was watching it. Obviously, I, it's my first time first time watching it three times. Um, it's a parody, Dave. <laughs> it's a parody. You're right. I should take it a lot less seriously. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I could learn something from you, Mitch. <laughs> oh, man. When you do peel it back that way, though, it does not make a lot of sense. But I think the scene's fun. <laughs> I mean, for a movie, like like you said, that is a serious comedy and like they work so hard on not to be as goofy as his other movies, that does kind of throw it like off the rails to not have that little bit of history. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. We get because... Because Sean can't shut the fuck up and let people speak. <laughs> oh, no, you did let people speak. Yeah, that, that was the Whatever problem. Whatever you Stop said talking. was just a thud. <laughs> oh, whoopsie. No, it, it made sense. It did. It was Listen, great. I'm, I'm, I'm proud I'm, of I'm you. I'm going to re-edit this. <laughs> Make myself sound smart. Nah. Right. It's going to take forever. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <Here's what's> edit. <laughs> Hey, sometimes I cut out like a loud car or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sean, what did you edit in this episode? Well, an eighteen-year-old drove by with a Mitsubishi Eclipse, and you can hear it from a mile away. <laughs> yeah, as long as we put your muffler on, you jackass. <laughs> as long as we weren't saying something important, that gets deleted out. If yeah, we were saying exactly. something important while that was happening. I've literally in. cut out like minutes of audio <laughs> that I was like, eh, we don't need this. And that car was really bad. <laughs> Trust me. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Absolutely insane. I That dance scene, too, felt so out of left field. It's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> Peter, Peter Boyle came up with the foot on the ribs part. They didn't know what to do with it. And he crushed it. It's oh, so it's- funny. That is so a showstopper funny. scene. Yeah. 
at that point, like I'm kind of crying right now, just like laughing and smiling so much. But um, like that scene, I was like, I don't regret anything about this movie at all. Because sometimes I watch a movie like Blazing Saddles, and you get to the end, and you're like, fuck, <laughs> what? Why did I watch this movie? But <laughs> you're you're an idea. idiot. I don't know why we're friends. That's what I'm learning right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh man do you guys have uh more things that you want to say about this movie any thoughts we didn't talk about inga yeah yeah i was gonna say dave wrote a novel of notes so he's got plenty to say i'm actually convinced <laughs> that that is literally just what he holds up every time he's on somebody else's show and he's like look at all the notes i took you never, never brought it close enough to the camera for us i'm to never be on like... video ever because <laughs> of my marty feldman eyes i try to keep them hidden <laughs> Will you look at me, Dave? I, I am. I am. I'm already filming eyes. Won't let me know. I am. I am pretty interested in what's above your computer that you're looking at. That's not important right now. It's my. It's my skull collection of newly dead, six months dead, and three years dead. That's and Marty Feldman's actual skull is in there. Okay. Well, that's better than my guess. I thought you just had a. Uh... A video on loop of Cloris Leachman just... With the sausage? Sausages. Yeah. No, because here's my hands. They're above the table. I'll tell you no, it's not on. <laughs> okay. Well, sure. We talking about Inga? Yeah. How to talk about Inga? Mitch does. So I thought he was going to take this somewhere. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't bring that up. Oh, Dave brought it up. I did. What do you, what what do you, you two brought it up? What do you think of Inga? What do you think of her her role in this movie? It's it's weird. Yeah, I, I, I agree actually. It, it's weird that I I thought the scene where they're banging up in the on the table. And you would totally down, do like, it if you had a 1931 laboratory too. You would totally do it. Oh, a thousand percent. I'm not saying it's weird. I thought it was hilarious. When Frau comes in and he's like, what did I tell you? Don't disturb me when I'm working. And he's just like smoking a cigarette. They just bang. Like, that was hilarious. But then like two seconds later, the fiance shows up and she like immediately questions Inga. And then she's like a wait till marriage chick and then immediately bangs monster 19 times. Well, you got a big schwamster. I was like, like, I don't know. I thought it was pointless. <laughs> I think Inga's the, the master of playing it cool. She will fuck your fiance and then look you dead in the eyes and not miss a beat. Yeah. I don't know if you guys That's know this, but Inga. sex sells, so she had to be in there. <laughs> and Inga looks really good. I, I think Inga's uh, way more attractive than his fiance if we're getting into the sexist shit that we used to do. Yeah, Perfect. used to. Right, used to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but we're basically the Mel Brooks of podcasts. Yeah, she's that, the idea of the movie. You did have you did have Gus on one time, and he did drop a questionable word. So that got edited out. I did edit that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I even I even held my phone up to the TV while that South Park episode played the Jeopardy, just so I could input it into the or import it into the episode. Oh boy. <laughs> Madeline Kahn's a treasure. You want to know why she's a treasure? Yeah. Because she's a fellow Hofstra University alumni. <laughs> wow. Have you been waiting got all that? episode for that? I use props. I use prop comedy here. 
you uh, literally uh, dug that out just yeah. for this episode. Yeah, I need to have I need to have sound effects. Huh? He, <laughs> he grabbed that an hour ago when you told him we use Facebook Messenger video so calls. He's like, oh, fuck, ran I gotta find my mug. Second cup of coffee, just like so he used a Hofstra University mug to honor Madeline Kahn. <laughs> I'm glad it. So I'm glad we waited so long. Making two two cups of coffee. I'm like, wow, that's a that's a weird amount, but sure. <laughs> so Dave had, Dave has had a hot coffee. Sean's had an iced coffee, and then Dave's ending Sean the episode. Had, Sean had two fingers of an iced coffee <laughs> with a lukewarm room temperature <laughs> coffee because it took that long to get there. <laughs> I'll take an iced oh. coffee heavy on the ice. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Werewolf. Werewolf, there. What? Werewolf, their castle. Ugh, the delivery. Why are you talking movie. like that? I wanted to. <laughs> Whatever. No, I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. I love so it. So good. Uh, yeah, Inga. I thought Inga was really good in this movie. If. If the fiance never showed up, I feel like Inga would have made more sense in this movie. Then but I that's feel just like my... it's just—it's too out of left field. Then it would just be like we we had this whole scenario planned out at the beginning that we set up where Madeline Kahn is a, a rich girl, like a rich girl, and she doesn't want to be touched or kissed or anything. Taffeta, darling, taffeta, and then it, like you don't just want to remove her completely. When you bring her back, you bring the whole dynamic where she does fall for the monster and again the humanity yada yada sex is pretty much being human that's i think the the takeaway but was was madeline khan in the beginning of the movie did is yeah. that something that i missed yes oh, that i okay you watched oh, it three fine. times and the whole no, train no, station no, I didn't scene watch the beginning three times <laughs> the whole train scene at the beginning when he's saying bye to her oh yeah again when, here's the thing about about movies and actresses and actors when they look the same in different scenes, they're usually the same person. <laughs> okay, no, well, here's the no thing. No matter I how much time is lacking, no matter, no matter how much time what is passed in real life, they're, right. they're probably the same character. They're probably the same person. It's very meta, the way that movies do that, is that <laughs> if Brad Pitt's in the first scene, you see him again in the 13th scene, it is still Brad Pitt. It's the same here's person. The this is black and white. Everybody look the same. Are you telling me that Gene Wilder was not? That's was right. Not Ethan Hawke. No, Gus was the racist one. That was the. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Gene Wilder is not Ethan Hawke because Gene Wilder didn't have a fucked up tooth. Oh, that's hurtful. And the Marty Feldman eyes wasn't. <laughs> Pick your battles, bud. <laughs> Do you think that the Ethan Hawke tooth thing is all like that's his oh, thing? Oh man, yeah, he, he stole, he stole it from. Time? He pretty that's much his... went. You know what? Jewel's really big here in the 1990s. She's got a fucked up tooth. I'm gonna borrow that as my signature look. Yeah, I'm oh. Ethan Hawke. I'm as big as Jewel now. <laughs> yep. That, if anything, he's Marty Feldman's eyes, Ethan Hawke's tooth, right there on the same shelf. <laughs> in every in every prop trailer, every makeup trailer. <laughs> Sean's great grandfather wasn't so much a Frankenstein doctor; he was a dentist. So Sean has to go to bat for his family. Here. Nope. <laughs> if you were an optometrist, he would have defended Marty Feldman. <laughs> oh my God! What else you got, boys? 
Uh, let's see. What do you got, Dave? John Morris. John Morris had a pretty kick-ass <laughs> score in this thing. My goal every show is to ruin Sean's computer, and I was just got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I did not expect that while I was drinking my beer. That's foolish. 118 episodes. That's foolish. <laughs> I should. I it should have been a, a dead giveaway when Mitch started to talk unprompted. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> you got anything uh, more to add to this, Dave, or any bits of trivia that you know that you want to pass along? Movies in black and white. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I said that one already. <laughs> Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> Only bit of trivia I have on that is that the the studio wanted Mel Brooks to film it in color, but and then they were going to transfer it to black and white. And then Mel Brooks said, I'm not going to do that because you guys are going to fuck me over and just release it in color at that point. Sure. So they actually properly filmed it black and white. They used a lot of the same makeup, like scheme that they used in the 1931 Boris Karloff version of Frankenstein where it is like the green tint and whatnot just to make it look that way he did it very like authentic he did a great job yeah I think that's one of the reasons why this is my favorite movie that we've watched in the last three weeks um that aesthetic just screams to me like it, it was just amazing. It was, uh, it, it's everything. I, I grew up watching the Three Stooges. Like literally, that was my Saturday mornings every weekend. And like, so that aesthetic is just something that I fucking love. And for them to do, for this movie to be done so well in this aesthetic, it feels like it was made thirty years before it came out. You know? Yeah. I wish they still could make black and white movies today. That technology doesn't exist anymore. Are you? Is that true? No. They make plenty of black and white movies today, Sean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Haven't you ever been on Instagram? People do black and white all the time when they're drinking like wine and go, I'm a classy fucker. How yeah, can you tell what color wine it is? It's on your phone. Here's a hint about wine. If you can see through it, it's white. If you can't, it's red. How, it's I not- love... My head hurts. My I head love hurts how right now. visually pissed you just got at me for two seconds. <laughs> Oh, You're like man. this fucking idiot. <laughs> it's like the office when Michael Scott is at the when he's drinking wine. He goes, I, "I'm very good with wines. This one is red." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Does everybody have skills? No. <laughs> awesome. This is how we do it. But uh, know this. how are we just gonna skip over the most important audio structure of this film? Go on. The one song that's played over and over again. Yeah, John Morris crushed it. On the violin? Yeah. Go on. Uh, I got nothing to say about it. I was just bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely music. If I've ever heard it, that's what music sounds like. There's a violin. It's basically... uh, She's basically the Pied Piper of of the monster. The Pied Piper played a, uh, not not a violin. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> it's he, in the, played the flute. Yeah, which led all the kids along 
I'm watching you try to use your hands to do a flute, and you've now done three different instruments. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Nerdy Thursday. There is such a good joke about the music, actually, in this thing, where they're trying to draw the monster back to the castle, and uh, Gene Wilder's playing the playing the the violin on the <laughs> on the the roof and Marty Feldman is there and he's counting out the music like one, two, three, four, one and then out of just nowhere he goes and it's like he sat there counting for fifteen seconds in order to hit that one little beat. It is such a funny visual gag. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Not you don't lie, watch movies. Gonna... You watch them on your hammock and you you're busy taking pictures of your feet or whatever you do. No, not on my feet. Nailed them. Mainly my legs. <laughs> I thought I got nice th- legs. As we talked about all the visual gags the last two weeks, I'm just not as impressed with them, with them in this one. Really? Yeah, like this movie could have used a really well placed pie shot to the face. It would have been perfect. <laughs> exactly. You're wrong. Wow, I hate everything about you two. <laughs> yeah, you know what they really should have done in the last four minutes of this movie? They Did should have done wait, a wait, musical wait. montage of guys dancing around saying, yeah. we're doing the French mistake. They should have cut to Blazing color. saddles. You're an idiot. And, and, just, and just pulled out, right? Oh, cut to color, pull man. out, just see the whole crew, and then the monster just takes off his, his cap. And, and it's Peter Boyle. Like, yeah, and then it's Peter Boyle. He shrinks six inches oh, to so be Sean? regular Peter Boyle size. You're making me shrink six inches right now by talking about it this way. So turning to color. Frankenstein, I am full fucking torque, and you're saying that. And turn, you don't appreciate yeah. the end of Blaze of Saddles. You're, oh, boy. Turn, wow. it to color, turn it to color and have the entire cast in Mel Brooks walk down the stairs. That's what Sean wanted. <laughs> he would have been so happy. I wanted to turn to color and just have Mel Brooks come onto the stage. And ju- then just cut like a, a five-minute-long, <laughs> ridiculous like a monologue dialogue. of him coming yeah, down, him doing that thing where like you see an actor sit on like a stool, like and yeah. they put their leg up, and he's like, "Hi there, Mel Brooks here, you schmucks. I want to talk to you about Marty Feldman's eyes and what's wrong with them and why it's funny and comedy, and I'm going to abuse that and make him a character called Igor." <laughs> yes, everybody. He's by the way, I'm those eyes. I'm, I'm Jewish, if you haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah well, that's how it should have ended I've got something pulled up that is going to be a little nod to your show Dave what percentage of Amazon buyers do you think gave a one star review four oh god I know how dangerous of a game this is <laughs> um, I'm going to go three I feel like people don't like black and white for some reason you guys both overshot it. It's only two percent. Only, God. only I'm two percent. W- glad I went really low. <laughs> there is only it's two thousand seven hundred and seventy-six uh, ratings. Only two percent are one star. So that's Sweet. coming down. That's coming down to thirty-seven reviews. I'm gonna read two of them because I don't want to get crazy, and I'm just gonna do this basically dart style. And not the cheating dart style. The cheating dart style is very good. Nice grouping. Yeah, great grouping. <laughs> the, the tricky thing, whenever you only have 37 reviews, how many of them are, the disc was scratched? Or my Amazon guy put it too far away from my front step. That happens mm. all the time. That's what I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> but th- I'm, ju- I'm just going to go, this one's got a picture, so I'm immediately drawn to it, you know? 
the pictures and stuff. <laughs> Black uh, and white or color? Ones, uh, it's in it's it's blue scale, so color. <laughs> that, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> uh, the, so this is this is one where they complain that it was in black and white. <laughs> okay, so I haven't read it yet. Is there another guess as to what this is about? Uh, this is my 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 case was cracked. Okay, Mitch. I said it's not in black and white, or it it is in black and white. I look at okay. these too many that I got a I got a good feeling. So this is a verified purchase by Gargoyle, one star, and it says in the title. 40th anniversary edition. I can't find those words on the Blu-ray's version's slipcover. <laughs> it says, what is being sold as the Blu-ray version of Young Frankenstein 40th anniversary edition does not actually say on the slipcover that is the 40th anniversary edition. <laughs> My understanding from other websites' image is that 40th anniversary edition actually says that on the slipcover. See attached photo, a slipcover from that actually says... 40th anniversary edition. Jesus. That is a lot of 40th anniversary editions. Are you saying I just have to take their word for it that this was 40 years old now? Is that what you're saying? So, Sean, on a scale of one to a bowl of 40th edition. <laughs> <laughs> I love how butthurt this guy got. About, like, what kind of features are in the 40th anniversary edition that aren't in the in in the regular one you know the staircase ending that i keep bringing up (laughs) all right i've got another one this one also has pictures so immediately that's where i'm going you are a child any Any guesses on this one are you guys i was was only gonna do two but there's five with the picture so i'm I'm gonna bump that number up a little bit i'm at the bottom of i'm at the bottom of this page uh huh. 8.47 in the morning is really, really early for an overdose. <laughs> <laughs> I was about well, to say. It's, it's like drinking Bud Light. Overdose it, <laughs> They've been as doing a, it since last as, night. Right. As a person who's teaching a two and a half year old how to read right now, pictures are really important. I'm learning that. <laughs> and I'm learning something about you right now. Nah. Ooh, picture. Hold on. Time out. Time out for a hot second. Did you, did you do your hair for this? No. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> no, I'm looking at him right now. I literally wake up like this. He he's afraid. Up and he's got full he's, makeup on. He's afraid I'm going to do a screenshot, so he's got a. I, I still have I got, this pedo stash. Yeah, yeah I got to shave four different times because he keeps mouthing the word "rainbow party" to us. This is just weird. <laughs> it's weird seeing you. Re- remember that weird sexual or non-sexual O face I gave earlier? <laughs> I'm never going to forget it. I, yeah. I actually stored it in my personal spank bank for later. Where w- where was his second hand? Did you actually see his second hand? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see either hand. Hmm? All right, so you guys sticking to the the same thing? It, it was in black and white, and yours was a uh, a cracked DVD or something. Yes, still stable. Yeah, okay. sure. One star review, verified purchase, doesn't have a name. It just says Amazon customer. I love wasting my time and money on broken stuff. Ooh. I was so excited. I went to the mailbox with anticipation to enjoy my afternoon full of laughs. I was thoroughly disappointed when my package <laughs> rattled. It was completely broken. Seemed like somebody forcefully and purposely snapped this Blu-ray in half. <laughs> According to the photos, it looks pretty fucked. 
It's not even that. He goes, the mailman <laughs> clearly was delivering this thing, and he went, shaking it. He goes, this sounds like young Frankenstein. I'm a Blazing Saddles fan. Crack. <laughs> to combine you guys, the mailman was probably like, fuck that. It's in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going round robin, I will start with Mitch. Mitch, on a scale of one to a bowl of brain matter splattered in the bowl, how much brain matter would you fill that bowl with? Sean, if I was going to rate this movie on a scale of one to a bowl. Hold on. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. We're doing two scales. Oh, okay. Of broken brain matter? This is overall. Uh Next one's nostalgia. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, I would give this movie a 24. Okay. Out of a bowl. Do you guys want to do a loop and then go back to nostalgia? Or yeah, do you sure. Want me to ask? Okay. We'll do the loop. Okay. So I guess I'll ask Dave. Dave, on a scale Maybe. of one to a bowl, how many... Inches of Schwanstucker <laughs> would you put into the bowl for this movie? <laughs> this is realistic. This is good. So, <laughs> and a bowl He's giving it four inches <laughs> of inches of Schwanstucker that I would put into this movie. <laughs> I would put. 27 inches of Schwanstucker into this movie. Wow. You'd have an enormous Schwanstucker. <laughs> it's enormous. This movie would suck on my arm. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. All right. Sean. Dave. Out of a bowl of one, two, two. A bowl. Hor- a bowl. Uh, one to a bowl. <laughs> How many bowls do you... Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It broke him. <laughs> do the Nerdy Thursday math. <laughs> One to a bowl of whatever. Uh, of uh, horses whinnying whenever someone says your name. Ooh. <laughs> uh, on a scale of one to a bowl of horses whinnying every time somebody says my name, I would give this movie... I'd give it 26. Oh, shit. Um, 26 horses whinnying every time somebody says my name. I thought this movie was incredible. And like I said earlier, Gene Wilder is just a fucking, he was a fucking legend, man. And I'm glad that I'm catching up on his shit now. He would appreciate it. Mitch, on a scale of one to a bowl full of the cigarette butts of it's just it's a bowl full of postcoital cigarettes that make no sense okay because the monster would freak out how many postcoital cigarettes <laughs> that don't make any sense cuz the monster would freak out would you give this movie Sean. It, it, nostalgia wise yeah so Sean, on a scale of nostalgia one to a bowl of nonsensical, <laughs> illogical, postcoital <laughs> cigarettes. I would give this movie a. Because the monster would freak out. Oh yeah, because the monster would freak out. I would give this twenty-six postcoital cigarettes 
that were nonsensical, illogical, because the monster would freak out. So 13, presumably 13 coital interactions. Yes. So you're, you're smoking coital and post-coital. Well, no, you'd no, just be poking post-coital, but there's two. Yeah. Math. Yeah. It's Nerdy Thursday. That's what we do. It's the best. It's the best. We we do our hair for a podcast recording, and we also do math. Nerdy Thursday. This is how I. Wait. I'm, I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> Dave. Mitch. On a scale of one to a bowl of secret kisses to a portrait. <laughs> How many secrets too real. to a portrait would you give this movie nostalgia based? I would I would kiss this portrait, secret kisses to this portrait twenty seven times. It's a clean sweep. It would be great. It'd be the best best portrait ever kissed. We'll Secretly, him Secretly. Leechman. <laughs> Sean, yo, Dave. on a scale nostalgia wise, from one to a bowl of. Hot bowls of soup dumped on your lap by a blind guy. <laughs> Gene Hackman, by the way. <laughs> Gene Hackman. How many hot bowls of soup dumped on your lap by a blind guy do you give this thing? Gene Hackman can grow a beard, man. Gene Jesus. Hackman did this movie for free. Wow. He was a tennis partner him. of Gene Wilder, and he said, I need to be a part of this. And they, <laughs> he got to be the blind like, guy. Like, just think about drinking martinis after your tennis match. Be like, we're doing this movie. I want to be in that. <laughs> I'm so drunk, I can't even see. I got a role for you. <laughs> I just figured out how you could be in this. That's fantastic. I saw his name pop up in the credits, and I had to go back. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. And he ad-libbed the line, I was going to make espresso, and they had a cut, and that's why the cut's so fast there, because the crew lost it laughing. <laughs> so good. Okay, Dave, on a scale of one to a bowl of hot soup that Gene Hackman, as a blind man, poured straight onto my dong, um, I would give this movie, nostalgically, zero. That checks out. <laughs> totally checks out, actually. Because I've never seen it. But I would probably give it 27 if I had seen it as a kid. But since back. I watched it... <laughs> Now, and I think about myself as a child, I would have loved this. I just like how Sean assumed his nostalgia. It's like, man, if I had watched this the week before, I'd be a 27 nostalgia wise. This reminded me of the previous week. What the weather was great that week. Nostalgia 27. Great. Thinking back on the last 21 hours that it took me to watch this movie, in theory, if you watch this movie today and you went nostalgia wise, I watched this yesterday, it was great. 27. Oh, great yesterday. I feel great today. <laughs> to be fair, I watched three quarters of it yesterday, so it, I have a lot of memories on this. <laughs> I, I hope we're still doing this in 2030 and we're just going to start over. <laughs> Dude, I was literally thinking like last week that we could literally go back and just redo Dumb and Dumber and like some of those movies. <laughs> just start over. Do it again. Just, and just do like, the nostalgia factor. We've There's already some... done Rocket League twice, A Christmas Story three times. It's like... At this point, we can just do what we want. It's our show. Right? Hey, no, okay. no one's ever accused you guys of being original, so it's good. This will work. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You guys can't even be original with your own <laughs> shit. Some bitchy's right. <laughs> Guy, 
guys, you want to know who we should rip off? We should rip off Nerdy Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Get your, your oh, Marty okay. Feldman eyes all shifty as you come up with your, your plan. It'll be great. <laughs> now, Sean. The only he- Nerdy Thursday-inspired Nerdy Thursday podcast. <laughs> this is our Nerdy Thursday tribute podcast. <laughs> My name is Sean. As with me, as always, is Mitch. This is a show where we talk about a show that talked about beers and video games and nerd culture in general. <laughs> Sweet. This is the, that kind of fourth wall breaking shit that I've been looking for, Mitch. Right. And then 117 episodes from there, you're going to go, you know what? That Sean was a real idiot for not liking the ending of Blazing Saddles. I can't believe that fucking idiot Sean didn't like the end of that. This is Sean, by yeah. the way. My hair is up and I read. I, I look great for the morning. I, I don't think I will, will ever say that. The Blazing yeah. Saddles part, that the end of that movie. Was I'm going to put in. Get into. You no, said. Here's the thing. Is that why the I'm end gonna, of that was good? I'm going to put in my Mr. Podcast and I'm going to go into the future and look back on to what you're going to do as your Nerdy Thursday presents Nerdy Thursday. Nostalgia. And it says that that's what you're going to say. Okay. You said earlier that you were going to say why the ending of Blazing Saddles was good. And yes, you didn't. I very much did. And you, you dismissed was it. Was out of the room getting a beer? No. You were sitting there looking me right in these baby blues with your perfect hair. You were looking at me. And you clearly got lost. Okay. Well, it's perfect maybe. because the reason why Gene Wilder did not want Mel Brooks in this movie is because he's distracting and Mel Brooks breaks the fourth wall. And it oh, is perfect it, because 1974, obviously, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein come out, same year, and Mel Brooks absolutely obliterates the fourth wall in excess at the end of Blazing Saddles because that movie is entirely about breaking the fourth wall, entirely about excess, entirely about parodying old Western movies in old Hollywood. He absolutely crushes it with the ending of Blazing Saddles. Okay, I do remember you saying this. Yeah, I hope so. It was an hour ago. It wasn't far back. Uh, listen, it's 8.58 in the morning. I've had two pints. Here's the thing. <laughs> I remember you numbers. saying that, but I really don't see how that makes it good. It was really bad. Oh, All right. Hey, you know what? Some people watch movies and some people watch movies. Wow. That was more yeah. of a kick in the dick than that dude at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> the old see, man. <laughs> see, Dave watches movies, Sean. You look at movies. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> They're in your peripherals. I watch movies on a 120-inch projector, and Sean watches them in a hammock, possibly with Animal Crossing on in the background. No, no. When I watch, no, I do that with MasterChef, not with movies that I have to watch for the show. <laughs> yeah. It's good that you As respect Mitch will movies, tell you, I normally you watch res- these movies three yeah. times. Eventually, but but not <laughs> just but not sitting really down with three. It in three separate sittings does not make it three times. <laughs> yeah, but it overlaps, so it, it counts. Yeah, in in my defense, it's oh, been I, gorgeous th- the last couple of days. So this I've been is outside. Wh- this is where I'm at in the movie. So I'm gonna rewind at 20 minutes just to refresh what I need to be watching now. That's what I do. Let's go. Dave's so upset about this. Well, that Dave is, fucking Dave. So Dave mad. just turned that off his camera. He incredible. he stopped his mic. He's off the show. He hates it. Everything That's, he said I'm, is stupid. I'm stomping around. The world sucks. I'm done with it. Stop back to that fridge and get a second morning beer. <laughs> we've got another hour and a half to go, boy. Boys, it's been a while since we went over an hour on this show. 
So, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I Wanted wish I could say the same. Plug, Thank you. A little plug <laughs> for yourself. Well, rude. never mind. Skip that plug. Love it. <laughs> Honesty, that's what we look for on this show. <laughs> Go listen to the K podcast as I do it with Brian Betts, Logo Master Brian Betts, or don't. It's your life. You do what you want to do. I highly recommend it. We talk you guys up all the time. At least I do. We appreciate it. I'm the one out of the two of us that listen to podcasts. <laughs> Him. Uh, <laughs> Mitch does not. But Sean goes back and rewinds 20 minutes. He takes him three sittings no. to listen to a podcast. It's perfect. No, that, that he can yeah. go through the whole time. Accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I listen at work, so <laughs> I don't have to stop it very often. So yeah, His know. customers Check get pissed, out. but he listens. Just one minute, sir. I got got like six minutes left to this podcast. You'll get your coffee. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) This is what really pisses me off about this whole COVID situation, because I'm used to having like three hours in the morning of just doing prep work and shit, which is where I listen to all the podcasts. And now I've got like 45 minutes in the morning. I'm like, fuck, I need to stop listening to so many goddamn podcasts. But you guys come out every Monday. You have a great show. I highly recommend everybody who listens to us, please check them out. They rock. I don't even like superhero shit, and I love your show. Like, it's entertaining, and you make me want to watch superhero movies. Well, I'm very glad to hear it. Thank I you. Thought you signed up, I thought you signed up to watch all of them. I thought you were going to be an I MCU know. expert. When are you doing that? Yep. I haven't even started. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> Sean's really known for commitment to what he says, so it's, <laughs> it's perfect. This actually is very in character. <laughs> Hey, man, as long as you guys keep calling me out. The the biggest hurdle for me, okay, let's get into this real quick. The biggest hurdle for me about doing that is I fucking hate the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, like, so do we. Everyone does. He's a big green boy. Yeah, but isn't that like the first fucking movie I got to watch? No, it's the second fucking movie you got to watch. And I'm not looking forward to it. Then yeah, skip but at least it. It's it doesn't right matter. At least it's right at the beginning and like not, then you get that. to just rebuild. So you watch I like whatever. Sean's face right here. Sean's face was like, you mean I could just... I could just not watch that one? I have the no, choice? Stan Lee's ghost isn't going to haunt me and say I need to watch all these movies? And what? You're going to miss important plot points. You should watch You're them You're not. All. The Incredible Hulk, nothing happens. He gets big and green and he wears a pulse thing on his arm and then later doesn't matter and he wears a red hat and runs around trying to hide. It's so fucking dumb. It's such a bad movie. There's the movie. Isn't it not even Mark Ruffalo? Isn't that, is that how you say his name? Yeah, Ruffalo? Kyle. That's right, Kyle. That's how you say his name. <laughs> oh my god thank you again for being on the show everybody Thanks, you can find us facebook twitter nerdy thursday uh hit us up there if you want to help out the show head on over to itunes leave us a review that would be much appreciated we do have a patreon which you can find at patreon.com slash nerdy thursday you can give us a call at 413 418-0076 I fucking forgot about the Stephen Michael phone call again. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Son of a bitch. Just play it old school. Eventually. <laughs> just can. hold it up we to the try. mic. Yeah, why not? Hold on. I feel just like you it. could totally like Jimmy Kimmel this thing, Matt Damon. Just like, oh, we ran out of time. Oh, uh, I can actually do this and then just like put the good audio in after. I guess no. that's if you want to waste all that time. Well, you guys keep talking. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Edit eventually. Just edit the silence. Never mind. My landlord's mowing the lawn. What a dickhead. What an asshole. Who wants a good lawn?
It's Sunday right, at 9 guys, a.m. Thank you so much. Love you guys. That was awesome. And until next week. Well, GlitchCat7 does our theme song. Invention of Nerd Thursday. That's true. Go check them out. Good song. As you guys know, it's a fucking banger. Beginning, end. So then... Keep it... <laughs> Flawless ending. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, boys. Until next time. Keep, keep it. Keep it nerdy. nerdy. Where the fuck are you, Dave? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Nerdy. You didn't help at all. Keep it nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> God, having a guest on sucks. They never help with the ending. The world was a darker place. There were only six days in the week, not seven like we know today. And everybody walked around wearing clothes that were painted gray and they were sad almost all the time yeah they were and back in 1952 there were six days in the week you could never know which day was the one for you but i do in 1965 Somebody became alive and they had a great idea to make a brand new day. It was called Nerdy Thursday and it was a day for all the people across the world who played D&D and Magic the Gathering and had land parties and it was their very own day for them. The world was big and cruel and cold and gray and sad. But Nerdy Thursday came up and made everybody glad Because after that they had a whole lot more stuff to do with their minds And they left the gray old square world behind Nerdy Thursday, you're the man, I hope you'll be my friend